I want to teach you on this vision. Because if we don't have a vision, if we don't have a goal, we'll perish. Life, some of this is going to be on the screen that Charlena did for me. Life is lived on levels and experienced in seasons. Life is lived on levels and experienced in seasons. This season takes you to a new level. You're in a season right now. And in between, listen to this, in between the end of the season, because I'm going to teach you between the season and the, and the, uh, the levels, in between the end of a season and the new level is testing, is testing. Ecclesiastes 3.1, it was one of my favorite, to everything there is a season. So nothing's going to be the same all the time. To everything there is a season. That means your husband's going to change, your wife's going to change, your dog's going to change. Everything's going to change because to everything there's a season. And a time for every matter or purpose under the heaven. So to everything there is a season and a time. And between the end of a season, this is very important to get because it'll tell you where you are. In between, in between the end of a season and the new level is testing. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that testing down so you know what it feels like to be tested. So what are the new levels? These are the new levels. We, this ministry, God has given us these visions because he knows that we can do this. He would not give us a vision that he wouldn't equip us for. He would not give us a vision that we, he wouldn't anoint us for. He knows that we can get there. All we have to do is follow the instructions. So many people, and this seems the majority of people, don't like instruction. Or they like it because they're in desperate need, but they don't follow through with it. You've got to follow instruction. The apostolic is all about instruction and order. So we go from glory to glory. So if you look at this, this vision, we go from a new work, to reconciling relationships that 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 level right there is also including divine relationships which is our relationship we go from divine relationships to supernatural provision who's experienced supernatural vision provision even if it was just once then you have stepped into that glory around but you got to stay there to be able to go to the next one so hopefully by the end of the teaching, you'll know how to stay there. So we go from divine relationships to supernatural vision. We go from supernatural provision to habitation. Now, habitation is when the Father and the Son live here in the soul. How do I know that the Father and the Son are living in my head, in my soul? This is how you know. Nothing moves you. You're the same all the time. Jesus said you're like a rock. You can't be moved emotionally because the Father and Son, the Trinity, is in the temple. And we go from habitation with the Father and Son to commanded blessings. And that's in Deuteronomy 28.8. I love that verse when it says, When our land becomes his habitation, he commands the blessings of Abraham on us. Our land is our soul. So when that land becomes his habitation, the blessings of Abraham will come upon you. And then you'll have dominion. And then we go from commanded blessings to, to continual open heavens over us. I call that the six portals. 
which is these six portals before you get to the commanded blessing. There are six portals that you can live under. And then we go from open heavens to glorious sons and daughters of God, which that is the, the disclosure of sonship, which is a beautiful thing. That's when he reveals you publicly. He's about to do that to, to Kingdom Life Ministry. He's just waiting on a few more people to, you know, to come around. But he's going to reveal you publicly to the world to bring the world into the, your glorious freedom. Isn't that awesome? To be free? To be free from man's control? To be free from man's emotional uh, torment? That emotional up and down, up and down, up and down. That is pure torment from the devil. I've been there. I know what it feels like. So the life of glory is lived on levels and experienced in seasons. So seasons are experienced. That's the key. Levels are lived. So you see the yellow here? That's a season. Seasons is an experience with God. I experienced uh, supernatural provision. I experienced a commanded blessing. I'm experiencing the Father and the Son in the soul. So that, that's an experience. In between experiences, our levels, these levels are lived. And they can't be lived without the anointing. And the only way that you can keep the anointing working in your life is you've got to die daily. It won't work without it. That's what it's there for is to help you die. That anointing is there to help you die. So when you see the picture... Stay with me up there, be at the sound booth. Level up. We live in levels going up. Keep that in mind. If you're going to live, you're going to keep looking up. You're not going to look to man. You're not going to look to woman. You're going to look up. And then the next one. So what's your next step? What is your next step? What level are you at? What level are, do you know that you're in a season of continual glory is it the born again experience we know that we live that we, we bear witness to that but what about relationships some relationships can be reconciled some just can't because it takes two people but in the body of christ every relationship should be reconciled because you have the holy spirit to help you so in between the end of a season and the new level is testing so in between, so, so you see the man taking a test. The test, now this is important, the test is not a season. It is a span of time that is short and intense. It's not a season. It's a span of time that's short and intense. The test is not there to teach you something. I feel the Lord, man. The test is not there to teach you something. People say, oh, the Lord's teaching me something. Because the trial's there and the testing's there. He, you know, he ain't teaching you nothing. He's not teaching you anything. The test is not to teach you. A test comes to judge what you have already learned during the season. So what did you learn in the last season? That's what he's testing. That's why revelation has to be learned through experience. It's never a teacher. A test is never a teacher. It's an evaluate, evaluate, evaluator. <laughs> he is evaluating what you got out of the last season, your testimony. He tells us not to lose our testimony. 
you can't lose a testimony. So what is he saying? How do you lose a testimony? You don't uphold it when it's needed to give out because you need that power to be released to see if you have spiritually, spiritually graduated. If you fail the test, you crash into your past. And that don't feel good. I mean, everybody's done that, haven't we? And we're still doing it. And listen, the devil don't stop trying to make that crash happen. I don't care how mature you are. He's going to come after you. But you have a choice not to think on your past. Don't think on your past. When you look to your past, you fail the test and you remain in that season until it's finished its work. God will keep you right in that season until it's finished its work. So don't let the devil limit you. Don't let him limit you. He'll limit you. The Lord told me I had to start using these. I said, why? He said, because I'm doing it in my worship time. It's the Lord. He's, I said, Lord, why do you want me to do it? He said, this is the only way you're going to reach the millennials because they're image-driven. they got to see something. That's why he's got all these visions for these millennials because they're going to bring Jesus back. Pass the test. That's the key of knowledge, and the new season of glory will open up to you. Don't you get angry when you just fail a little test, knowing that now you got to stay in that season? You can repent. You can say, God, I'm sorry, but that ain't going to, he's not going to keep you from, he's going to keep you right there in that season until that test comes back around. So the new season of glory, it's a new season of glory. And with a new season of glory, there's new responsibility. And see, that's what we don't realize. I look back at my Christian walk when I was born again. I kind of wish I'd have stayed there because when you go from glory to glory, to much is given, much is expected. So it's a huge responsibility to manage the things of God. And the responsibility is you got to keep your face on that floor. You got to pursue him every morning to see what his directives are for the day. When I was a born again Christian, I was just happy. Had a zeal, wanted to get everybody saved, right? It didn't last very long. That honeymoon was over quick. So I see people who want to rise in new levels of glory but aren't responsible. God will never give it to you if you're not responsible. And see, we have millennials that aren't responsible. We have millennials that, that, that aren't responsible. That's the bottom line. We have adopted children that are millennials, and you can see the difference between the adopted children who are millennials and the children that are not. You can see a big difference in the responsibility and the discipline. So 2 Corinthians 3.18, And all of us with unveiled face, because we have continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into the very own image and ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So write this down. What I behold is, is transforming me. What I behold is transforming me. What I behold is transforming me. What I, what I look at, I am becoming. So if you behold your, your problem, you become your problem. And then we want to point at everybody else. So if I behold my problem, I become the problem. You behold what you become. 
You cannot endure the cross by beholding it. We keep beholding the cross. He never told us to behold the cross. He told us to endure the cross. You have to look beyond your pain and say, what is my pain producing? What is my pain producing? You got to look beyond that pain and say, what, what, what is this pain working out for me? For my best interest, for the glory of my God. What is God's intended outcome of all this pain? It's called glory. It's called your future. It's called change. Where he said your light affliction is what, but for a moment is working for you. So you're, he's calling your pain light when it seems so deep to us. But from his perspective, it's a morsel compared to what he's got coming into your life. So the next level of glory is much greater than your affliction. The squeeze, the squeeze put on you is producing an oil that has never come out before. Another level of anointing that you've never experienced before. So John eleven four, John eleven four, put that. Can you find that John eleven four in the amp? Yep, that's the anointing. The new wine is the Holy Spirit, but that new wine can't fit in these old wine skins. When Jesus received the message, he said, "The sickness, the sickness is not to end in death." But on the contrary, it is the, to honor God and to promote his glory, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So what he was saying to, G, uh, to, to Mary and Martha, he was saying, this is not even about you. And we get so focused on us when we're going through stuff, when it's not even about us. This whole scenario exists to bring him glory. Look at your lives. Look, look at everybody's lives in the hell you went through only to bring him glory, only to carry that glory. You remember I said that faith is for your spirit, the anointing is for your soul, and the glory is for your body because you have to carry it. The glory affects your body. It doesn't affect anything else. It's heavy. Sometimes I feel like I'm just tired. And I say, Lord, why am I so tired? He said, no, that's the glory. It's heavy. It has nothing to do with us. We get the devil wants us to look at me and and invite that pity spirit on us. That self pity that's in the church. John eleven six. Can you put John in the spirit filled version? John eleven six, and then Colossians one twenty seven. Carl, if you want to write that down in the amplified version, Colossians one twenty seven, and one Corinthians two. 15 and 16 and amp that way we can move along but give me john 11 6 in the spirit version yeah this is some new stuff i gave her this morning she just didn't have time <laughs> do what 127 amp all right when jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of god that the son of god may be glorified through it and what was that oh i need 11 6 i'm sorry 11 6 so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. It's hard when God does not get our agenda. He'll say, oh, I'll be back in a couple of days when we don't want him now. We want him to fix it now. We say he's a now God. 
but he says, uh, I'll be back in a couple of days. It's so true. I've, he's done it with me. He said, I'll be back in a few days with this. So how does God move our life from one glory to another? How does he do this? And let's look at Colossians 127, the Amplified Version. To whom God is pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within, and among you the hope of realizing the glory. Now let's go to the next one, then I'll break it down. 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16 in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. But the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, he investigates, he inquires into, he questions and discerns all things. Yet, yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get him. That's right. So what is he saying? God wants us to become like him before he gives us what he has. We've got to become like him before he gives us what he has. Glory is to be recognized. It's the image of God that was lost in the garden. Life should not be crushing you. You should be crushing life. Don't let life crush you. You have power. You have dominion. Once you take the unseen and pull it into the seen, I love this when the Lord showed me this. He said, once you take the unseen and pull it into the seen, God moves on. He just moves on. You maintain with the anointing while God has moved on to prepare the next season. No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things that God is preparing for those who love him. That's what he's preparing, is for you to go from glory to glory. Maintain, you maintain by what you say. It's easy. Nothing changes until you speak. Everything changes when you open up your mouth. It's either death or life. God rules his world through words. Glory is levels. And I have to talk it to go there. I have to talk about the renewed work. I have to give my testimony. I have to talk about how relationships have been reconciled. But I still have to talk about what I have not experienced yet. So I have to talk about the Father and Son being in me. You will never be able to go there until you've talked about it. In your car, talk about it. The Father and Son is going to live in me. That just changed your whole atmosphere right there in your car. God is going to command blessings on me. God is going to give me an open heaven with seven portals over me. This is how you move. This is how God does it by what you say. So talk about where you're going. Don't talk about what you don't have. If you talk about where you're going, you're not talking to people. You're talking to God. People do, who do not have this revelation will call people and talk to them. And the whole time they're being delayed. This ministry is to get you to talk about him, to come in relationship with him, then people. It's because of people that were so messed up, right? So God brings us in the door 
because people have messed us up. Now he wants you to look to him. So we have to speak a thing before I can go there. You have to speak a thing before you can go there. And if you just get this sound, always precedes what God will do. Man, I'm burning up. Sound always precedes what God will do. You have to speak the thing before you can go there. So the glory, in the glory, there is increase. This is how you can judge yourself. Am I in the glory? There's increase. There's abundance. There's healing. There's life. There's wholeness. There's provision. There's prosperity. There's deliverance. There's increase. There's abundance. There's healing. There's life. There's wholeness. There's provision. There's prosperity. There's deliverance. This is what is in the glory. Now, here's the blockers of the glory. Remember, we talked about this. Lack of revelation, strongholds, and soul ties. The Lord said, if, Gene, if, if we ever get that part right, he will give us uh, entrance into the kingdom like we've never experienced before. They block increase. They block abundance. They block healing. They block life. They block wholeness. They block provision. They block prosperity. They block deliverance. So, so if you're not experiencing these things, then there's a lack of revelation. There's a stronghold or there's a soul tie. And nobody can judge you but yourself. Which one do I have? That's enough to hate the devil right there. Just a pure hate evil. When I know that he's blocking me from all these things. The glory is the complete person of God. Which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you look at this worship poster, it's not up there. Oh, here it is. They are showing themselves individual here. Because we haven't died. On glory night, we die because of long worship. Just gives the flesh hell. And when that glory comes down, it tells us that we have died. So all the three godheads have come together and are one. That makes up the glory. So remember that next time on glory night when you feel that heavy presence. That the godhead is resting on me. It's a collaboration. We are inviting his glory through a collaboration, a progressive movement. So in the life of a believer, I love this vision. We are given the trifold opportunity to manifest 30, 60, 100 fold of his glory. We are given the opportunity. It's an opportunity to manifest 30, 60, 100 fold of his glory. Who wants his glory? Does anybody want his glory? Ah, man. I want it. God works in threes. Always remember that. Death, burial, and resurrection. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. There's three heavens. There's 30, 60, 100 fold. He works in threes. The first of the three realms is faith. If we don't stay in faith, we'll never get to the anointing realm. And I need the anointing of God to live this life. If you don't have the anointing, you will not live this Christian life. The second is the anointing. The third is the realm of glory. The third realm is the realm into which the Spirit is leading us. The Holy Spirit is always going to lead you to the glory of God. 
He's always going to point to Jesus because he is the hope of glory. He's not the glory. He's the hope of glory. So don't become discouraged by your lack of experience in God. Ezekiel had a vision of river flowing from God's temple. Y'all remember that? And was introduced to it. It's flowing water step by step. And there's the threes again. The spirit of truth is leading us on this journey when you come through this door. Psalm 12, 6. Revelation is always going to be progressive. The words of the Lord are pure, like silver tried in a furnace on the earth, purified seven times. That's why we said that spots class or every scripture has seven levels of purification. And we have to go through those seven levels of purification, layers of purity that's coming off the word and introduced to us to be healed and delivered from that realm of impurity. So as we continue to walk humbly before God, and that's the key, before the Lord with a teachable spirit, he introduces us to waters that are knee deep. So faith is the vehicle for this progression. Whenever your faith is challenged, you know that you're in progression. Whenever fear comes, you know that you're in progression. Fear has come to stop that movement. So don't yield to fear. Now, I don't care what your circumstance looks like. God already knows about your circumstance. So some of us are ankle deep in the glory. That's that faith dimension. And you see, some of us are knee deep. That's the anointing dimension. That's the anointing dimension. You notice the first one wasn't looking up. So, so now the anointing dimension is the knee deep dimension. So how do you know that you're in the anointing dimension? The anointing has nothing to do with faith. There are three different dimensions. They sort of tag team. But your faith has got to be at some level for the anointing to take over. What is the anointing dimension for? It's for the soul, yeah. It's for the soul. So that anointing dimension, you feel it. You feel chill bumps, you feel, you feel fire, you'll feel joy, you'll feel all these things because of the anointing dimension. There's an excitement, and it's because the spirit man has been edified through your faith. The spirit man has been built up through your faith, and he's released the anointing. Then you have the waist deep, the glory dimension, and think about this. That first one, when, when she was in the water, ankle deep, she was in something that felt different. You know how you put your feet in the water and you feel something different? The glory will always be about change of feeling, of everything changes. The spirit, soul, and body, and the senses all change at some dimension. Waist deep is the realm we are introduced to living in the glory. We don't live in the ankle deep. We don't live in the knee deep. We live in the waist deep. Ezekiel 47.3. Ezekiel 47.3. And then John 3.30 after that. Amplify. Ezekiel 47.3, spirit version. There you find. <clears throat> so when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles deep. So this was the water coming out of the sanctuary. Of God. So you remember I told you there's a river coming out and we block it 
through lack of revelation, strongholds, and soul ties. So can you put those videos on? Are the videos on? Because, you know, when you're, when you're in ankle deep, you can run. Like, you can run through the water. When you're in knee deep, you get slower. Then when you're in waist deep, you can hardly move. He must increase and you must decrease. That's the only way the glory can come. So you got to slow down. And the first time, first thing you got to slow down in is in your mind. Constantly thinking about what I'm going to do about this and what am I going to do about that and what's going to happen to here and what's going to happen there. And John 3.30. So John 3.30 amplified. So, so the more glory that you have, the less you have of you. Does that make sense? That you, what is he expecting from you when he increases? Huh? He's expecting you to, like I tell Carl and some of the guys, to enforce the victory. He wants you to enforce the victory. <clears throat> if we don't enforce it, it, won't, it can't get done. He must increase, but I must decrease. So he must grow more prominent, and I must grow less. Doesn't that make you feel like you're not going to have your way anymore? Like I'm not going to get the things I want. That's not true. He'll give you every desire of your heart. He will. I'm a testimony of that. He will give you every desire of your heart. And when he does, all you want is more of him. Because you realize it was a setup. The desire didn't satisfy me. His glory is the only thing that will satisfy me. So he says, hey, I'll give you, the, I'll give you this desire. And we're still not satisfied. It's a divine setup to push in more into him. And you'll realize, you realize, listen, I have a lot of things, a lot of material things, a lot of things God has given me. But I'm telling you, it's like dung to me. I have cars that I don't drive that he won't let me sell. They just sit. And I asked him why. And he said, I need you to keep the testimony. I need you to keep the testimony. When you finally get the things that you think you want, you realize what you really wanted was more of him. That's what the Holy Spirit is constantly pointing you towards, more of him. Just give me more of him. I cried out to him this morning. I just need more. I just need more. Just give me more. Give me all, everything you got. Each realm is a portal into something greater as they interact with each other. I, there's a lot of revelation here that you're not ready for yet because I'm not ready for it yet. And the reason we're not ready for it yet is because of the test. What did I learn in my last season that I can bring into this season? What testimony do I have in this last season that I can declare in the next season? So in between the two seasons, is test and that tells God what's in you it also tells you what's in you so these the three dimensions the three dimensions of mankind respond to three realms of the spirit the spirit man responds to the realm of faith when God brings revelation to our spirit man that reaches out in faith to receive that salvation revelation is for receiving salvation not getting saved because you're already saved. And revelation didn't get you saved. Grace got you saved. When you hear revelation, your faith has to reach out and grab it and receive the salvation that's in that revelation. And that's what you meditate on. So the soul man responds to the anointing dimension. 
as we said, it's laughing, it's crying, it's excitement, it's, it's heat, it's electricity. But the body resp- responds to carrying that glory. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I've just got to work out. Because you feel so sluggish. But even after work out, I'm still sluggish. So there's a measure of the weight of the glory that I'm ex- I've just experienced the last year or two. It slows you down, but it increases him. So the more you're slowed down, everything's increasing around you for his purpose and for your glory and his glory. So what begins in the spirit flows from your spirit into your soul, finally your body. The body responds to the weight of God's glory and rises up the spirit. The glory realm body, here's some experiences of the glory realm. The weight, a strong vibration. You'll feel almost like a buzzing, a vibration. There's a numbness, like you're numb to things. Like nothing just doesn't bother you at all. There's a numbness, that's a glory realm. That lets you know you're carrying a measure of the glory. There's a shaking and there's a falling down on your knees. This is when your flesh has begun to yield to the glory of God. When you feel these experiences, this is when your flesh has begun to yield to the glory. So in the glory of God, in the glory, God does not, God does it, God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So wouldn't it be wise to stay in the glory? When we fight to try to, we do, we are, we're fighters, man. We're fighters. We're fighters. And God is saying, in the glory of God, God does for us what we can't get accomplished for ourselves. Provision and abundance f- flow without resistance in the glory. And here's, and I love this one. Money miracles and angelic assistance will become the norm in the glory. So the important to know the progressive, it's important to know the progressive framework of the glory. Faith. Don't ever lose your faith. Don't ever lose your faith. You are not, oh, I love this one. You are not new until you are dead. Huh? You are not, you are not new until you are dead. Amen? What can that pearl do to that dead person? Put it back up there. That pearl can't do anything to that dead person. Except to say, I want this too. When a new season comes, it is usually by visitation. Opportunities that we don't deserve, but have been reserved for us. We are surrounded every day by opportunities of death. Every day we're surrounded by opportunities of death. So we enter to win every day. We enter every day to win. And the only way that you can win any situation is die to your flesh, die to your way. And you may not think you're getting anything out of it, but God is fixing to pour it on you. And he's not going to do it through the person you think he's going to bring it to. We're looking to the person, hey, I deserve this. As long as you have that mindset, You'll get what you deserve. That's not what you're going to want. You give up everything to gain everything. You never feel more alive when you die. So, so when, does, 
When does death begin and why is it necessary? 2 Corinthians 4.10, when does death begin and why is it necessary? We are always caring about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by our, and in our body. So when does, death, when does death begin? What's the sign of death beginning? When it's a liability. When it's a liability. And when it's exposed. When that flesh is exposed. How many of you have all experienced that flesh exposed? Like fear has been exposed. My anger has been exposed. That's how you know death has begun. And it's a liability in the body. And why is it necessary? So the life of Jesus can come forth. So he can come forth. So, and listen, everybody's death is different. Everybody's death is going to be different. It's effective, effective and efficient. You have to die to be effective and do the will of the Father. What are you dying to? Who's dying to something right now? Hmm? You feel like you're dying to something? That a liability has been exposed? Um, that that this flesh is in view and I'm feeling it, I'm seeing it. Feeling it is the, always the first sign for me is something in me has got to die. Amen? The point, of the, the point of the message is that we are called to be the glorious sons and that we have to glory in our death. We have to glory in our dying. And what makes the son glorious? What's the difference between a son of God and a glorious son? Who remembers? Well, a son of God, nothing shakes them. But what makes a son glorious? So, so what's the difference between a son of God and a glorious son? Why is, the, why is a son glorious? Why do you have one son glorious and one son that's not? What? The glorious son is married. Because you have to have a bridal mindset before you can be married. Remember the five mindsets? Remember the five mindsets? You got the church mindset, the slave mindset, the kingdom mindset, which is the sonship mindset. Then you have the bridal mindset. That's a transitional mindset. And then you have the glorious son mindset, which is the, the married son. The father can't give you away unless he's in you. The father, like in a normal wedding, the father gives you away. You got it? So the father gives you away. So until the father's in the house, he can't give you away. So, so the father and son is in you. So he has to give you away to be married. Even though Jesus said you're already his bride, but you're not married yet. He's going to display the glorious sons to the world. So he's displaying the marriage to the world. And, and, and with no spots, no blemishes. But what, he's going to, what the world is going to see is Jesus. Because the bride should mirror the bridegroom. We should be his reflection. For, for the glorious sons of God to, to do what? To bring them out of corruption into their glorious liberty, their glorious freedom. That's why it's important for the for the for the mind to be transformed. The soul cannot be transformed. 
So keep that in mind. you got to keep that separate. Don't ever tell somebody their soul has to be transformed. You can't transform the soul. The soul has to be saved because it's producing the wrong thing. The soul is a producer. That's why these rivers are produced out of the soul. If you can look at this, this is your this is your head. If you can look around here, it 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 is enveloped with the mind. It's like a sponge around the the soul. The mind is like a sponge. It's receiving. It's a receiver. It induces what it receives into the soul for the soul's production of it. And then you have the 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 rivers coming out of the belly. So until the mind is transformed and renewed, the soul is going to still produce the old man. Does that make sense? Anointing and revelation happens right here. And that's glory. So if you're getting revelation, you know glory's next. All you have to do is apply that revelation. Meditate on that revelation. That's how you apply revelation is you got to meditate on it. And you don't have to meditate on it for weeks. You just meditate on it like we taught three times. Do it right. Do it slow. And then speak it. God does nothing until you say. So when you get a revelation, God is just warning you to become it so you can speak it. So it can be produced and he can be glorified. So when you're, when you're teaching other people, the soul does not get transformed. It gets saved. When, Jesus, when Paul said in, in Philippians, work out your own salvation. Salvation means saved. That's what it means. It means a rescue. So work out what got rescued here into here and rescue the soul from the, from the enemy's influence from the mind. Because Paul said there's enemies in my mind. He didn't say my soul. Remember, he said, there's enemies in my mind because the mind's a sponge. It's going to induce whatever it receives. So that's why Romans 12, 2 says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is that good and perfect will of God. So it's important for you to get your mind transformed through meditation on the word. Listen, if we read the word more than we're meditating on the word, we're slowing up the process. God never told us to read his word. There's only a book, one book that he said, read my word. It's in Revelation. He said, blessed is the one who reads this book. The other books he said to study and show yourself approved by rightly dividing the word of truth. And how you know that you rightly divided the word of truth is you got revelation. It broke out. It was divided. The word was divided and it broke out. Then you meditate on that. Close the book. Close the book. Meditate on that word for a day or two. And then speak it. And then it's done. Open the book back up. Study it some more. Get the next revelation. That's how simple it is. But see, the church today doesn't stay in the word enough. In meditation. It reads it. It likes its stories. It like, likes its principles. But meditation will give your flesh hell, especially on that third time when you're meditating it very slow. You sound like, what was your RPM, RPM records? Was it 80 that was slow? It got very slow. And that's another sign of the waist-deep glory. So there's three meditations. 
there's three levels of glory. See, it all ties in. Amen.